In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Straight up 12 o'clock. Mino Cellini. On a Thursday afternoon. Appreciate you taking the time to listen. After us, you got Chuck and Chernoff. The locker room in the morning. Buck Blue from 10 to 11. Of course, national champion quarterback at Georgia. We got it covered when it comes to football and everything else here. The fan 680 and 93.7 FM, including the X platform at Road Dog 680. That's Adam Gillespie, our producer, Matt Lear, our engineer. At Matt Lear, at Chris Domino, at Cellini Nick, at 680. The fan national Winnie the Pooh Day is what it is. Who's your favorite bear? I'm going to ask you a question that I know the answer to. You never had like a stuffed animal when you were a kid, right? I had, I had other things. I had I, other things. I know you did. I know. I had a teddy bear. Yeah, of course you did. I'm out of that thing until I was about five yeah. or six. I didn't have a blanket. I didn't have a stuffed animal. You know what I had? The streets. That's what I had. I know. You guys were all busy being coddled by your mommies. The rough and tumble streets in New Jersey. No, that was that Staten was Island. Teddy bear. That was Staten Island at that Even point. Even worse. Cleveland Avenue. Uh-huh. Survivor. How close were you to a, I'm going to paint with a broad brush sure. here. How close were you to a dump? In Staten Island. Oh, yeah, uh, miles. I mean, a handful of miles. Yeah. If you don't know what a dump is, look up the Staten Island dump. Then they Where built... You put the trash. It's got to go someplace. Well, and then people would Sunday, you know, dump dive. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that lamp. I can clean that thing up. This is a real thing. A bunch of seagulls. Of course. Then they built like a live work. And, and I think at one point somebody said, I'm not sure if this is safe. A lot of stuff went into that dump. They brought George Harrison. There were really no regulations to oh, what could God, be dumped. No, no I, I believe that, you know, people who had stuff that was supposed to be handled a little bit, I don't know, more officially, they dumped it there. So then they built, if you look up Staten Island Dump now, the aerial, oh, look at that. It's kind of nice. Yeah, the problem is people are glowing in the dark. Bunch of people living there look like the toxic Avenger. If you know it, you know. Oh, he's... He's such a handsome little boy, and that third eye, it fits in so well. They brought George Harrison, a beetle. This is God's honest truth. He had brain cancer. They brought him to a hospital on Staten Island. Staten Island is the last place you bring somebody who's got a problem. Maybe they thought two negatives would turn into a positive. Doesn't work that way. What I do know is Herm Edwards is going to join us to talk about the crazy goings-on, including here in Atlanta, around the NFL at 1220. Punching it in from the goal line. This is the drive into the red zone. Brought to you by Realtree, your number one source for camouflage and the great outdoors. Realtree, family, friends, and the outdoors at Realtree.com. Oh, uh, little Jimmy's such a good swimmer. Yeah, his feet are wet. I think it's an unfair advantage. Could be. I do think it's an unfair advantage. Webbed feet could constitute, if you swim, an unfair advantage. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is a Lions defensive back, and he talked about the firepower that the Buccaneers have at the receiver position. And he said if they had a great quarterback, or even a good quarterback, that'd be a good, good offense. This started out with him talking about how good the Rams personnel is in offense. Then it led into the next opponent, and here comes Tampa, and he let you know. He doesn't really feel much about Baker Mayfield. And here's what Baker Mayfield had to say in kind. Um, I don't think he's really watched film because uh, he mentioned Russell Gage. You know, we love Russell, but Russell hasn't played a snap all year for us. Um, he must be going off the preseason stuff that the media was talking about. But he didn't play our first game, so I'm excited to see him. I think he's a really good player. Um, he has been for a while, and he's been an impactful guy on every team he's been on. So he, he's, uh, he's a good player, but... Yeah, just got to do a little bit more film study. So this is the new measure, Baker Mayfield. How do you rate that in the world of passive-aggressive? I thought he could have gone in uh, uh, harder. I'm going to give that a six. I'm going to give it a six. He, he throws a touchdown. Does he run up? No. To Johnson on the no. field at all? No, he's a different Baker Mayfield. He just wants to win. He doesn't need to do all the other stuff. So here's the thing. it's it's It was a good start because he basically accused the guy of not looking at film how good I am, who's on the field for us. But then he pulled back. He's a really good player. He won there. I really look forward to playing him. 
six. I wanted to ask you about this. Mark Chamura does sports talk radio in Green Bay. We got the cut coming later on. Packer tight end. And he said some things about maybe if it costs you 15 yards, taking a shot at Brock Purdy. You don't really have a problem with that, do you? No. What have I told you? As long as you don't hurt him. We've been together. You want him to think a little bit. We've been together for 20 plus years. What do I want to have happen very early in the game? You want that quarterback to take a shot, so he's thinking. That's it. He's starting to, you know, see ghosts, if you will. I don't believe in headshots. I don't believe in throwing at a guy's neck in baseball. I don't. I don't like when guys get hurt. If you get hurt on a clean play, that's the that's the price you pay sometimes. I don't mind the... Look, for all the 15-yard penalties that are crap to begin with, really get your 15 yards worth. I want him thinking there's another one coming, whether it is or not. So I... I line up. Why, he really, we'll hear the cut, but he sort of wanted to say, I know I'm not supposed to say this. Like, he really wanted you to know I'm, I'm really not supposed to be saying this. Uh, Nick Bosa, 49er defensive lineman, said that now Green Bay has a quarterback that does exactly what he is coached to do. He said Aaron Rodgers will go outside of the system right. a little bit. And I don't know if he meant that as a shot to Aaron Rodgers or a shot to what they have now, a quarterback. I'm, I'm trying to read between the lines here. Was it more challenging because Jordan Love plays within the confines and Aaron Rodgers much like Michael Vick when a play was broken he would do some other things is that more of a challenge facing a guy like Rodgers or Love yeah I think it's more of a challenge facing Rodgers but I think he's paying a compliment to Love saying he now understands what the head coach wants him to do if you stay in that pocket one extra tick something might come open if you don't freelance quickly if you get out of a play you know the play isn't the play anymore I think he's I think he's paying Love a compliment I think he's letting you know that there's a youngish guy who hasn't played a lot of NFL football who absolutely understands what his job is. And we talked and, about. And if you look at the touchdown interception numbers, yeah. again, you make a case he's the best quarterback in the NFL in the last two months. We talked about a lot of garbage games over the weekend did not affect the ratings. The Texans blow out the Browns on a Saturday afternoon. That averaged 29 million viewers. Packers Cowboys, 40 million viewers. Rams Lions, the tight game, 35.8 million viewers on Saturday night. The doubleheader on MLK Day, a lot of people were off. 28.6 million watched the Steelers and Bills. And then uh, you had, I'm sorry, 31 million for the Steelers and Bills. 28.6 million for the late game between the Eagles and Buccaneers. 23 million saw that game on Peacock. And that's great when it comes to streaming. But you did, when you look at the average for some of these other games, leave some viewers off okay. to the side. Because more people would have watched had it been on network television. I put $110 million in my pocket. That's the sacrifice. And now that it's 23 million, we know we have a base. It's only going to get bigger. The NFL, it's the equivalent of when I've said there are certain days in our industry, there are certain artists, you can fart into a microphone and everybody's going to tell you how wonderful it is. That's the NFL now. That's the NFL when it comes to viewership numbers. Close game, not so close game, market size. They're just going to do a monster number. I mean, I know that the Steelers cut into that lead in Buffalo, but it was a 21 to nothing game. There was only one game that went down to the wire. Only one, and the numbers would not indicate that. Do you know how loud? First of all, it's over $1,000 a ticket now in Detroit. It's the highest priced post-game ticket. And we joke. I said there are people who have put a lot of money in the piggy bank, and now they're willing to break it. If it's traveling to a national championship game for a college team that hasn't been there, a Final Four, haven't been there. This is all new to us. We've seen it here in town. You want to come to the Chick-fil-A Bowl? Yeah, my team is in it. That's a good one. I spent some money. It was so loud in that building. Rams were talking about it, how loud it is. And they told Baker Mayfield about it, who talked to the media about it yesterday. And the fact that he's going to have to deal with that cold weather and the noise. That's true. That is a lot to put on the plate. Oh, wait, no. They play in a dome. Not to be lost. Did we ever find out? Was she in the meteorology department? Um, I don't know if anybody identified the person. I didn't see it if they did. I just think somebody wrote this on social media. If you don't know, in the days obviously leading up to this game, somebody asked Todd Bowles, the Buccaneers coach, about the weather. Are you worried about the weather being a factor in Detroit? Brought up 13 degrees. This was researched. What are you guys going to do here, and what are you going to do there to get acclimated and to that? they play indoors. So you're having a lot of people having to multitask, doing yes. a bunch of different things. And we saw it years ago, not too many years ago, but enough years ago when we went to the Falcons locker room. You had people in there that had no idea. They would ask us, who's that guy? Yes. Who's this guy? Yep. And, and they were in there trying to get sound. Playoff anything will bring more people out. And it might told be somebody. Everybody, it was Matt Ryan. Every, every time they would, that's Matt Ryan over there. Like you'd say that about Julio Jones? Yes, Matt Ryan. Jeez. 
No, I didn't do that, but I thought it. What's he do for a living? Um, he's an offensive lineman. Can you tell me about that job? No, I can't. I've got things to do. They like it when you go play on their ping pong tables, too. And go stand on the logo. Yeah. Stand on the logo, and then after you stand on the logo, go play ping pong with your videographer. They love that. Yeah. Challenge somebody in the room yeah. to play ping pong. There anyway. Was a, there was a, the ping pong table isn't there anymore, right? I, I don't think it's I don't think there. Bill Belichick is going to break out the ping pong table. Probably not. Probably and if they not. could just make that logo a little bit bigger on the floor <laughs> that nobody's allowed to step on. No, it is weather people. It is the social media people. It's the handsome Dan's that just read teleprompters. Playoff everything brings those people out. There's going to be moments like that. And you talked about the Rams. They're going to have and, to go to hand signals, by the way. Yeah, they they're will. Not, they're not going to be able to play this one straight. Matthew Stafford had to do it to a certain extent. We know that he lost his tight end late in the game. Tyler Higby, as Kirby Joseph, the Lion defensive back, hit him low. Turned out he tore his ACL. Matthew Stafford uh, wasn't happy about the hit as he was wired for sound. Stafford was not happy about the hey! celebration by Kirby hey! Joseph either. Hey, that's a good hit. That's a good hit. You dirty as yeah. on. You know it. You dirty as I've seen it. Hey, hey, it's been on tape. You're right. You're right. Now, Dan Campbell defended the hit because I think he said something similar to Chris Collinsworth. What are you supposed to do? That's it. How am I supposed to bring somebody down? I can't hit you in the head. If I hit you up high, you're a defenseless receiver. I got to do something to do my job. I got to bring you down. That's the only thing. You have the football. You have to hit the ground. How I do it, they tell me I can't do it up here. So I'm going to do it here. And I'm telling you. You'd rather take, I I don't want to do math on this, you'd rather take multiple headshots than have the kill shot at your name. Because let me tell you what happens now. You've got to worry about your career, not your life, because that's what people say. You're not worrying about your life, 50, 60, 70. Nope. I'm worried about my next paycheck. I'm worried about my contract extension. Now I'm in surgery. Now I'm going to miss 10 months, 11 months. Now they're going to look at me as a guy who's hurt. What, what's my value to them? I don't know why Collinsworth caught heat for that. Me he talked either. to other receivers, and that's how the receivers feel. Not all of them, but I would believe the majority of them, that's how they feel. 25-year-olds drive too fast. They spend money that sometimes they don't have. 55-year-olds do that, too. But if you're asking a guy, where's the chance your livelihood is going to be taken away? It's not the headshot. Okay, I'm good. The knee, you're in surgery, and you're out for 10 or 11 months. Ask Tyler Higby about that. With Philly and Dallas standing pat. what do you think he saw on tape, Stafford? Because he's going at him saying, I've seen it. We've watched your tape. You go low. I'm I'm sure that's how he tackles, and I can't blame him. That's how he has to do it. So we'll talk to Herm Edwards, a longtime defensive back in the NFL, about that and more next from ESPN, including, of course, the Falcons' job. Is it going to be Belichick? A second interview is scheduled for this weekend. Herm Edwards, when we come back. Second interview with the Falcons, to be specific, in case you're living under a rock. Belichick and the Falcons will meet this weekend. They've met already? Just thought I'd clarify. Domino and Cellini, the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hey, sandwich lovers. Today is your lucky day. There's a whole new way to roll for lunch or dinner delight with Nucky's Hoagies in the Roswell Corners Shopping Center. Now open. Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell is family owned and operated by the subsisters, Stacy and Shannon, whose love language is food and Nucky's Hoagies, their passion. When you bite into a Nucky's hoagie, you'll taste the difference. The softest hoagie rolls ever, along with hunger-quenching sandwich combinations. Make Nucky's hoagies in Roswell on Woodstock Road your new favorite spot for lunch or dinner. Chilini, the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM on a Thursday afternoon. Herm Edwards, as Derek Thomas just told you, going to join us in less than five minutes from now. Plenty to discuss with him, needless to say. We talked about the Rams being eliminated by the Lions, and Sean McVay did his uh, post-game you know, press conference, yeah. post-season press conference with the media yesterday, brought up uh, Matthew Stafford, asked about Matthew Stafford, and then was asked about Stetson Bennett. 
as well. Now, he thinks Matthew Stafford is coming back, but when asked about Stetson Bennett, he said, I don't know. That's a conversation for another time. That they makes no sense him to me. In the fourth round, he signed a four-year, $4.5 million deal, and he was supposed to be the backup, but now everything seems to be, I don't know, out the window when it comes to the future of Stetson Bennett with the Rams. Well, I don't know if part of it is... HIPAA, I don't know if you're not allowed to say some things. It doesn't sound like a ringing endorsement. I told you, I don't really care about mock drafts, but I did see J.J. McCarthy picked by the Rams, which would not be good news for Stetson Bennett. And I, I don't put, it's like pro football focus. You could say and write whatever you want. I don't know where J.J. McCarthy's going. I have no idea if the Rams are going to take a quarterback. But it wasn't a good sign that they weren't really ready to talk about Stetson Bennett just yet. So we have heard the rumors about what happened with him, not going to address any of that, but... From what we understand, obviously, it's got nothing to do with football. And he appeared at a Georgia game this yeah. past year and, and looked well. Looked like he was uh, enjoying his life. And I, I think if it's not the Rams, you've got to believe somebody is going to take a chance on him somewhere down the road. I would think that they're going to allow Stetson Bennett to say the first word on this instead of them. Now, I don't know if legally that's what they have to do. Stetson Bennett, it's kind of interesting. He's laid low enough. Uh, with the name, and, and certainly I don't think anybody's hounding him, but it is interesting he hasn't said anything either. Like, he's really, whatever, I don't want to say program because then people brand, but whatever was told to him about if, if it's best for him to stay quiet, boy, he's done it. Not a peep. Nobody knows where he's been. Oh, he went to a Georgia game. Okay, what's he going to do after that? He'll, Maybe he'll talk to us. No, he didn't. He'll tell his story eventually, but now is not the time. Hard knocks, uh, we know that in season you are exempt if you do it from the preseason version on HBO. The Cards and Colts exempt because they did in season hard knocks. So it looks like next year, Domino, it's going to come down to the Bears, the Broncos, and the Saints as far as who's going to be forced. And we do use that term, forced to do hard knocks, because I don't think anybody really wants to do it. Your hand is raised. I have no interest in any of those three situations. Personally, emotionally. You don't want to know about what makes Matt Eberflus tick? I don't. Again, talk about having a one-year. Now, if they... We're going to give you one more chance. If they select Caleb Williams, number one overall, and he decides to come in, even if he decides not to come in. Will he be I told you not to draft me. There, there's a storyline. Yeah, I know. But is it, will he be freaky deaky, Caleb Williams, if he shows up? The guy who sort of got, certainly has the range of emotions. I saw him, you know, cry on his mom's lap and win games and lose games and paint his fingernails. If I'm not mistaken, Herm Edwards did coach Caleb Williams at Arizona State. Well, remember what happened. There were players cleaning out his locker, calling him a loser. Wasn't that wasn't that the situation? Didn't they call him a loser? So maybe we could talk to Herm about that momentarily. But there's going to be some storylines there. As far as the Saints are concerned, I, I don't know. I aside less. from Jameis Winston being goofy, assuming he's still I there, what those storylines. I've seen his be. goof. I don't know. Then need the Broncos, anymore. you got Sean Payton. No thanks. And then you got Sean Payton. And then you got Sean Payton. Well, maybe, I don't think Russell Wilson's still going to be there. Maybe Russell Wilson will. Be, uh, what? Let's rock. Yeah, I don't need any of those three teams on hard knocks. No, probably not. Also, you heard Derek Thomas talk about the Super Bowl. We told you yesterday it's going to be a seven-hour pregame show. Post Malone is going to sing Saw that. God Bless America, mm -hmm. and Reba McIntyre is going to sing the national anthem. So those are the scheduled performances prior to Super Bowl 58. When I think of Las Vegas, I absolutely think of Reba McIntyre. <laughs> well, I mean... Listen, there's a lot of bizarre residencies, different residencies there. Maybe she's setting something up for the future. I don't know. What I do know is he's a friend of the show, and he joins us right now via ESPN on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Herm Edwards with us on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Herm, always a pleasure having you on the program. How you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I got some exciting games this weekend, obviously. Some were kind of, kind of head-scratching last week, but... We continue to move on. We can't worry about what happened last week. Yeah, no, it is pretty amazing, too. We know this. We just talked about it. Even though the game, save one, weren't all that uh, impressive when you talk about the final score, the people are watching. The NFL is still king when you look at those numbers. Well, no doubt. Um, you could tell, you know, when, when they decided to charge people $6 for getting Peacock, <laughs> the numbers that Peacock made, I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. Yeah, right? and, and it's, I don't know if that's a sign of the future or what. I think they're kind of setting us up like, hey, guess what, boys? This might work. And they might try to do it on a, you want to buy your team's yeah. games? You want to do it one at a time, three at a time? Yeah. I think they're going to figure out. they got bean counters. I don't know if you know this, Herm. There are bean yeah, counters yeah. who are trying to figure out how you maximize uh, every last dollar. And, and I'm assuming the NFL, you know, we were talking, Nick and I were talking about the idea that it, it, seems, it seems impossible for the NFL train to slow down 
until mm-hmm. it does. And I don't know what might derail it because there was politics and there's a whole bunch of other things. People are watching in the biggest numbers ever. Yeah, no, uh, and I can remember, you know, I, I came in the league in, in 1977, and I can remember when, you know, Monday night football was the thing that every player wanted to be a part of. You know, you wanted to get on Monday night football. You wanted Howard Cosell to say your name. And now you look at it, you got you got Monday night games, obviously. Then you got Thursday. Um, you got Sundays. Um, you got Saturday night games. You know, college football is, is Saturday a lot of times. Uh, you know, it, it's just you got high school football on Friday. Uh, so uh, football has really taken over, you know, uh, our country. I mean, it's it's the number one sport. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, when I grew up, it was baseball, actually. When, in the 60s, it was baseball, you know, and, and football, obviously, has is, is made a stamp on in our country at this point. Herm Edwards with us from ESPN. Wanted to ask you about a guy you coached at Arizona State and Jaden Daniels, and he won the yeah. Heisman Trophy, obviously, this year. What do you think about his prospects at the NFL level? Oh, I think, you know, he's one of those guys that's unique in the sense that when you look at a lot of the quarterbacks in the league now, um, you know, they're dual threats. And, and, and you didn't want to say that before uh, with a quarterback in the National Football League. You know, you, you saw a few of them uh, in my era, but there weren't many. You know, Fran Tarkin hadn't be one of those kind of guys. Um, but generally, everything was done from the pocket. But as we know, football has evolved. Um, the uh, the position of the quarterback now is uh, they're, they're more athletic coming out of college. Um, they running is part of their DNA for a lot of them. Uh, and you look at our league, and I think you know when you look at it, it used to be, and, and the rules are to protect the quarterback. You're worried about obviously his second contract, but I'm starting to look at this thing another way. I'm saying let's just say you do have a dual quarterback, and you get him as a rookie. I think a lot of teams are in the mindset now is that, hey, you know what? If he gets hurt within five years, you know, we don't have to pay his contract. We'll get another guy. And so now you're now you're not worried about so much the quarterback running anymore because that used to be the big deal. Don't run. Don't get hurt. You know, and you saw a few of them come in the league. Michael Vick happened to be one of them, as we know. Um, ben Sevens was another one, you know, with Chicago. There was a few sprinkled around, but it wasn't like, it is in today's world. And so I just think that, you know, without that position, uh, it's very difficult because when you have that unique guy, and we're going to see two of them uh, up in Buffalo, uh, obviously Allen and Mahomes. Now Mahomes doesn't run as much as Allen, but he extends the play. They allow the quarterback in today's world to get off script, and coordinators are okay with that. And that is really really tough for the defense well the running back world is the churn and burn i'll go find another one no you're right the running back world now is the quarterback that's why they don't pay the running back because why should we pay a running back we got one it's the quarterback and maybe that's why we talk about not being able to find 32 consistent quarterbacks there's there's that churn and burn attitude now where you're just bringing a new guy in so maybe they don't have time to mentally develop like they used to years ago when you were playing especially and, and I just think, you know, as we know, the world of, of pro football is what? There's about six, seven new jobs every year. So coaches constantly change. Um, systems constantly change. And I just think that more of college football now is into pro football. And you have to have a coach that understands this is the quarterback we have. Am I willing to build a system around the quarterback? Not so much my system, but the system that he can function in. So there's always going to be nuance. If I yes. if I give you hiring authority to pick a draftable quarterback, you're watching film. Give me the one thing that if you see on film, not him, give me another one. It's We're not picking him. What's the one thing on film? Because I'm also going to ask you, when you sit down and talk to them, what's the one thing that could eliminate a guy if you had that kind of authority? Well, you know, I think the thing for the quarterback is how he processes information and then from there, obviously, you know, what does he do with the ball? It's about processing the information. The quicker they process it, the better you are. You're off as an offense. You know, they got to see things from the time they break the huddle, looking at the front, understanding the front. And that's teachable, understanding, okay, in this front, they run these coverages. In this down in situations, they like to 50% of the time they bring pressure, 30%. How does he process that stuff, right? And when you get a guy like that, I mean, then you got a chance. Now, now you become an offense that, you know, you're 
you're fully involved in it because of the quarterback, because of the decisions he can make. Like, some guys can't make decisions. And you get a quarterback that can't make decisions or can't handle pressure, especially pressure. Because in today's world, people are going to bring pressure. Because that's the only way you, you can get to the quarterback in today's world. you you got to bring pressure. I don't want to take a guy's person- personality out of it. I don't want to use the word goofy. But can mm. you can you deal with goofy at that position? Well, uh, to an extent, but I, I, I think the guy has to be a leader. He has to have leadership qualities. They, they come in all different ways, but can he lead? You know, because he's the guy everybody looks at. And you can be a little, you know, goofy is one thing. Being a little silly sometimes, you know, being, being lighthearted, it's okay. There's different personalities, but at the end, when he walks in the huddle, when he walks in the huddle, you got a 13-year vet, you got a five-year vet, you got a two-year vet. When he walks in the huddle, everybody goes, okay, he just walks in the huddle. We're going to look to this guy. All players want to know is this. Can this quarterback help us win? Can he win games for us? Can the quarterback, can the quarterback during the course of the season, and the good ones do this, they're going to win three to four games. Just on what they do, right? That's what the good ones do. That gets you over the hump. Speaking of quarterbacks and coaching openings, how do you feel? How do you assess the Falcons' job opening right now? I think if you look at the conference, it's a conference that a coach would be excited about being involved in. Um, obviously, Tampa won it this year, but it's a conference where you have a rookie quarterback in Carol in, uh, in Carolina. Um, you know, the same tap car, veteran guy, but it's a conference where you feel like we can be competitive. All those teams are pretty competitive except Carolina. Obviously, they're in a rebuild mode, but. I think if you're a coach, you look at Atlanta's roster, you go, hey, now, the decision you got to make, you got a heck of a runner. Oh, boy. You got a good tight end. You got some receivers. You know, Bates is unbelievable on defense. I mean, you got some pieces, and you're not that far away. You know, the, 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 you know you're you really not that far away from, from being, okay, we can be competitive in the division. We can win the division. You know, we, we, we have an opportunity to do that. So, I just think – it's a, it's a job that a lot of guys are, are looking at. Um, the best division record was, was Tampa and the Saints. They were both 4-2. Atlanta was 3-3. and three. So you're kind of right in there, right? That, 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 that's how I would look at it. Do that you guy. think they were 10? Did they have 10-win talent in your mind? Yeah, and let me tell you something. What, 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 what 10 wins get you? And, and that's the number. The, the number is 10. How does the quarterback play? Baker Mayfield had one of his best seasons. I mean, he might have he might have take he might have just won that job. Baker Mayfield won three or four games for those guys this year, right? I mean, he did. Now, and that's what the quarterback's going to do. He's going to win two or three games for you. The team will win a bunch, but the quarterback in his play in the fourth quarter when he when he has when he has the ball on the last drive, and a lot of games wind up to this way. You know, can he score? Can, can he take the team down the field and score? Can he do that two or three times to win the game for you? Player mentality, if Bill Belichick walks in a room with six rings, mm. what does that yes. do? What does that do for the building? What does that do before you even take one snap? Well, I think the first thing players realize is that the guy has a winning a pedigree. Um, he can take – he can do a lot with less just by the discipline he's going to command the the attention to details he's going to command. Um, now, as good as he is, as good as he's as good as his career has been, and any of these coaches, you go back to Shula, you go back to Tom Landry, you go back to all the greats when they had long careers, winning careers. Who was the quarterback? They had a quarterback, whether it was a running league or not. They still had a guy that took the ball from the center. Right, and it's just that's how it that that's how it operates. At the end of the day, it's amazing how things haven't changed. The more they change, the more they stay the same. And what's you know, if if you don't have a quarterback, it doesn't matter who the coach is. No, you got no shot. I mean, look, I was a pretty good coach when I had a quarterback. <laughs> I mean, you know, when I was in, with the Jets, I mean, we won the division. I had Chad Pennington. I, I mean, I had a heck of a runner. It was Curtis Martin. Well, he's a good runner, but I knew, you know, when you had to move, look, you, you, there's a saying, it hasn't changed. You still have to be able to run the ball to win. 
I, I truly believe that. And I think it, it always comes to the test of the time. Yeah, you still you got, but you got to throw at the score. This is a scoring league. No matter how much you want to paint it, say it's not. No, it's a scoring league, and you have to score. And who does that? The quarterback, the guy that plays with the ball. The only guy that touches the ball as much as the quarterback is the center. So you mentioned those fourth quarter comebacks, and I, I got a yeah. problem. With, I, but I got a problem with fourth quarter comebacks. Why are we losing going into the fourth quarter this many times? What's your role yeah, in us being down in the fourth quarter? Well, and they, 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 there lies the problem. You know, and, and I think when you look at your team, you got to ask yourself that question. In big moments before the before the before the half. Or coming out of the half, what are we? How we start the game? It always starts. How we start the game before the end of the half, right? And then in the fourth quarter, with with two possessions left, we know we have two possessions left on offense. No matter what the score is, we could be leading, we could be down by three, we could be down by seven. You think that quarterback ain't making a difference? Big time. You got two possessions left, and everybody in the stadium knows it. We got two possessions left. We're down by three points, boys. Everybody gets it. Go, okay, here's it. Here's the deal, boys. We got two more chances. You know, this is the story with when you watch the Detroit Ram game, right? When you think about that game, that was a seven-possession game. It wasn't a 12-possession game. It was a seven-possession game because Detroit's ability to run the ball. The Rams ran the ball going on the road, okay? But what killed them was what? The red zone. They didn't score in the red zone. They kicked field goals. They lose by a point. Two good quarterbacks playing. And at the end, when Detroit had the ball, Rams never got the ball back. Game over. How many guys in the era that you played would be playing for no money? Baseball, we were just talking about a hit at the knees. In the old days, it was, no, 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 I got to get you down any way possible. Now they're trying to regulate. They tried to regulate it for the quarterback, but they're trying to do it all over the field. How many guys would have been playing for free? Yeah, I, I think this, when you think about that, you know, hitting at the knees, they, look, if you're a player, and I say this is a former player, you don't want anybody to, you don't want to get hit in the knees. That's a career ender. You would hope they would legislate that out of it. For all for all players, not just the quarterback, the guy catching the ball, running the ball, that one there ends careers. It ends careers. The headshots, getting concussions. Hey, you come back from that one. But when you when they when they hit you at the knees now, that that's a bad deal, you know. And there used to be like this, you know. You always kind of, even though it was an opponent, you kind of protected each other. You, you knew when a guy was vulnerable, and you went, yeah, you know, I ain't taking him out there, because you could. That's a career ender. And the problem now is, what else, what else are you supposed to do? How are you supposed to bring a guy down if you're a defensive back? You know you were a defensive back. It, oh, it's hard. It, 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 it's hard to play tackle football anymore. It's hard. And, you know, it, it says it, it, they're trying to clean the game up, but there, there comes a point to where, you know, it's still tackle football, and there's some risk involved in it. There is some risk involved, and there's, there's no doubt about that. I think, the, you know, the game is, the game is faster they're bigger players. It's just like basketball, right? I mean, you see guys now, these six, eight, seven foot guys, they don't even play in the paint. They shoot three pointers. They come across the line and just somebody gets the ball and shoots the three pointers. Like, really? I mean, what <laughs> what am I watching? Right? It, it's so, and I think the game is involved. It, it's evolved. All of them have, the players are bigger. They're faster. They're more skilled because the ball is in the air more. So all these people are, you know, the linebackers are different. The, the rushers are different. I mean, it's just, it, the game is just a ball. I'm, I'm not calling it an easy life, but what life is easier, the NFL head coach or the college head coach? Oh, NFL. Way easier. Because once the guy signs a contract, he's there. In college football, <laughs> after every game, you got to re-recruit guys. Because they might go in the portal. <laughs> that's a mess. I mean, it's a, you 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 can't keep up with the roster. I mean, it's just it is unbelievable. And listen here, this is what makes it really interesting. There'll be some college quarterbacks coming out of high school. Think about this: a high school 
single quarterback will go to a university this year with the ability to make money, these guys are getting paid more than Brock Purdy. Yep. Yeah, Caleb Williams. Yeah, Caleb Williams had a better life at Southern Cal than Brock Purdy when you talk about salary. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why they they, they want to play for six years in college now? I don't want to leave. I got a good deal here. I'm making more money in college than a, than a, a, a rookie in the NFL. And I sort of I rooted for chaos. I did. When all this yeah. stuff started, I Be said, man, what you wish just for. give me storylines and give me chaos. I would say oh. that we are certainly, if we're not there, we're on the brink of chaos. But I do want to ask you this. It used to be a $50 handshake, or it used to be you would sell your tickets, two tickets to a booster, and it sh- <laughs> he'd hang you an envelope back. I mean, I sort of, where's the dignity in, in how it's, it's being done now? It, it's just, it, you know what? And where is the, where is the, where is the line of demarcation? I don't know where there is one. Everybody kind of plays in the gray. It's just kind of out there, right? And they're they're trying to they're trying to reel it in, but it's like, who who's governing it? Who, who's watching it? How do you keep up with all this? Hey Herm, how many colleges there are? You can walk into the middle of Times Square and hand a kid a bag of cash and declare to the world, "I just handed them a bag of cash." <laughs> well, look at it this way. I got one better for you. Think about this: There's 32 teams. They, they they sell them our souls. So you can be one of these college guys and say, you know what, I want to be an owner, but I'm going to be the owner of the college team. And I'm going to give this university this much money, and guess what? Now I'm going to tell the AD and the head coach, look, I, I, I kind of want to recruit that guy, and why we? I, I want to hire the coach. You become an owner. So we said they're not boosters anymore, they're partners. How about that? Yeah. It's a good way to put it. Herm Edwards from ESPN with us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Don't know if there's a right answer to this question, but I'll ask it nevertheless. Is there more pressure on Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia or Mike McCarthy in Dallas? Oh, it's always Dallas. It's always Dallas, right? And you know what I, what, 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 what I, I, I thought about one day? I said, you know, think about this. When you're a Dallas Cowboy player, as soon, whether you know, you're, you're drafted there as a rookie, you're coming – the first thing you think is that I play for the Dallas Cowboys and that star on the side of their helmet, I'm a star. I'm a star. And so right now you think you're a star. You ain't played a lick. You ain't played one snap in the NFL yet. But you think you're a star. Why? Because you're the team mostly talked about all the time. And I think that's a little bit of the problem. I think if Jerry, what Jerry needs to do, take the star off the helmet. Just take it off. Make them earn it. Make them earn it. But there's always, always pressure on the Cowboys. So how does Mike McCarthy, if it wasn't a full castration, I said one of his testicles is gone. He's going to stand in front of men who know that he's the lamest of the lame ducks. How's that going to work in the building? Well, it, you know, I think the players like playing for coach. And, and he's done a really good job there. I mean, you know, <laughs> a lot of players would say, if I had a coach that won, you know, three consecutive years to won 12 games, now I know we didn't get to where we wanted to go. Well, they haven't been there since, what, in 28 years. So, I, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's another thing I look at in 28 years. I said, you can't make this stuff up, right? So, you know, it's just one of them deals where it's, it's, it's the toughest job in football. There's no doubt about that. And you played in Philadelphia. You know what a fan base is. Oh, now. That's a whole different story now. You know, I, I just think for those guys, they didn't calculate the loss of, obviously, both coordinators. They lost some players. Um, and then when I wa- when look, when I watched them early in the season, I said, this is not right. This this, this not, it, 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 it's not, it's not right. Something, something's wrong here. You know, and, and this is when they were winning. I said, this thing is about to go the other way, man. I know, watching them play right. I, I know there's nuance in the question because roster, cap, quarterback, something's yeah. going to come into play. But if I asked you, are you going to hire Jim Harbaugh or are you going to hire Bill Belichick? And, again, well, I understand that circumstances might dictate your answer, but if it was just a choice of those two, what are you doing? Well, I don't think you go wrong either one of them, to be quite honest. And I think Bill might be in a position now where he just wants to coach. I mean, he's, he's got 15 more, you know, games to, to try to win, and that's, that's, that's two years. Um, I just think that 
you know, he's going to come in. And I don't even – people worry about what he's going to demand. I don't know if he's going to demand. I think he's going to look at the roster, look at the division and say, hey, man, you know, I, I got a chance. I mean, he walks in the door, he has credibility. Coach Harbaugh walks in the door, he's got instant credibility. And Coach Harbaugh, one thing about him, what he brings to the table, he can he can help the quarterback. And this goes back to the San Francisco days when he had Colin Kaepernick and how successful that young man was. So I think you don't go wrong with either guy, in my, in my opinion. Herm Edwards is with us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Before we let you go, Herm, I don't think we've ever asked you about the Vince Papali teammate oh. situation. We know the movie Invincible. What do you yeah. remember from that time? What do you remember about Vince? Well, Dick was our coach, obviously, and you know Vince played in a in a in a it's kind of like a semi pro league that they had in Philadelphia. So it wasn't like he walked off the street. He was actually in this league, and he came in as a special teams guy. And the story is kind of it's kind of true to what what happened. You know, he was he's a tough guy. Um, obviously, uh, you know, a special teams guy. That's what he was, and he was a receiver. But you're talking about just a, a, a great teammate, and he you know he really he represented the city of Philadelphia. He was a homegrown guy, tough, playing on the Eagles. You know, this is when we had six preseason games. <laughs> we had 14 regular season games. You know, and it was it was a different era of football, right? And we were, you know, and, and so he just brought, brought that persona. But you're talking about a good teammate and just a, a great guy. He was an older guy. He wasn't like a young guy. He was an old guy. He played in that other league. He played in this, like, I forgot what the league was, but it was – it was, it was, it wasn't the USFL. The but world, it was kind of one of them deals. Yeah, the World you know? Football League, right? Yeah, and he played in that, so he was already playing. And then he comes and he tries out, you know. And every day, you know, look, this is when training camp was almost two months because you had six preseason games, and it was grueling, you know. And you saw the guy in practice every day, and you just kind of watched him, and and, and the players kind of, you know, liked the guys. Hey, man, and, and you know, Bill Mill was all about trying to build a team. He wanted tough guys. And, you know, he was really he was really a great team, right. and he's a great team. Finish up with this. I, there were some smart guys in the NFL back in the 70s, right? You would say there was yeah. at least a good handful of intelligent guys. Why didn't any of you ever go to an owner and go, this field I'm playing on is like playing on a, a cement. You're killing your investment. Asphalt at best. How did that never happen? It was the vet. It was owned by the city. It was run by the city. And everybody knew it. And, you know, look, they had a jailhouse in that place. You guys know that. You remember the jailhouse they had in there? <laughs> they had a jailhouse in the vet. I mean, it was, it was a house of horrors when people would walk in there. No one wanted to play us in there. But like, you didn't know any better. I mean, come on. The, the, coach, the, the players had no voices back then in the era I grew up in and played in. The players had no voice. You can't cut you. When you stand, when you, you don't you don't like the turf. Okay, yeah. now now you're not playing football when anymore. You, when you stand on the when you stand on the field now, and you feel what's going on under your feet, do you think oh. back to the '70s? Like, do you get, oh my God? It was almost it was almost uh, it, it was it was a calling card. Look, and, and it was remember the, the Phillies played in that stadium, so you know second base and first base, you knew where the humps were <laughs> when you played in there. <laughs> And you understood the guy. You when there's certain routes, he said that guy can't run that route because he's running over the hump. You know, he's running over the little piece of turf they put over the thing. I mean, it was it was. I tell you what, boy, it was fun back in the days. Now it's always fun talking with you, Herm. Hopefully, we can do it again uh, really, really soon. Thanks for coming on and uh, enjoy this weekend of the divisional round. I thank you. Appreciate you, Herm Edwards, with us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Those seams and those humps. Can you imagine? No. No, I've stood on those fields. You've stood on those Running fields. full speed. I think Mike Quick blew out both of his knees, the wide receiver for the Eagles. Just running. And driving a guy into the ground, which is now illegal if you do it to a quarterback, that's what you did. You drove a guy basically into cement. If you got up a little bit slower, good for us. He's not going to be as good a player the rest of the This guy's a really good player, and Ozzie Albies, what has he done to upset the baseball writers and broadcasters? Give me well, Brian Kenny on the phone, please. Pronto. We'll talk about it next. Domino Cellini, the fan, 680 and 93.7 F. 
In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership, eligibility, and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundations sink or settle. These issues need to be addressed. It only becomes more costly the longer you put it off. What is the biggest cause of foundation problem? Either poor construction, inferior site preparation, or weather. Drought causes cracks in your foundations. If you see any signs of foundation issues, please contact us at atlantaramjack.com. Some folks say there ain't no bears in Arkansas. Some folks never seen a bear at all. 1250, Domino, Chilini, the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM on a Thursday afternoon. It's our X-Platform question of the day. Who's your favorite bear? National Winnie the Pooh Day is today. Chris, as you well know, being the Disney aficionado. Didn't start out that way. That you are. Oh, look, I'm going to tell a story to my kid. Wait, there's money in this? And uh, the money keeps rolling in. Marcelo Zuno, someone brought him up. Someone brought up Evan Gaddis. El Oso Blanco. So a lot of varied answers are coming in via the X platform today. Do you think Evan Gaddis is still working on a ski lift someplace or perhaps with a shaman as we speak? I don't know, but he's got a World Series ring, correct? With the Houston Astros. I believe he does. That he uh, maybe is wearing as he is working with the shaman. I I think this Winnie the Pooh thing, and I didn't really... Everything seems to have a day that you could. Do you remember what else you could have chosen from today? I don't remember. Yeah. That's the one that popped for me. I think it's and a, I forget everything else. Yeah. Well, you're just going to stick with the one that you believe is going to be a winner. I think it's a billion dollar industry, Winnie the Pooh. Billion dollar industry. And now that Mickey Mouse, you know, that whole uh, you could steamboat Willie, anybody can use him. Mm-hmm. You do know that 24 hours later, the first Mickey Mouse slasher movie came out. Yeah, well, they did it sitting with Winnie the, the Pooh. Can. Yeah, it was sitting in the can. And the Winnie the Pooh thing happened. And I guess. Uh, Batman and Superman, next decade. Free game. Go get them, boys. Now, I don't know if Ozzy Albies grew up a fan of Winnie the Pooh, but I know he is not in the top 10 of MLB.com second baseman. How and why, I don't know. Whatever. Sixth in war, fourth in runs, fourth in doubles, second in triples, second in home runs, first with 109 RBIs. He got one you, big hit. You mean to tell me he's not a top 10 second baseman? So That's beyond insulting, unless they just forgot about him. If you remember, we had Brian Kenny on, and we had to more than gently remind him, this is ridiculous. This is the second time. I'm starting to think that they're doing this on purpose. To get people like us to react? They're poking us with a stick? Well, but they look dumb. Like, you're the MLB network. This isn't the MLB almost network. This isn't the MLBB network. You're the MLB network. You put a list of top 10 second base. Like, I crossed Jaden Daniels and Caleb Williams earlier, but then I caught myself. Yeah. This is something that you put out, and you had time to think about the list before you put it out, and you still haven't gone back and corrected this list. Where's my camera? Is it? Is it right behind okay. me, right in front of you, where it's I, always been. I want you to think that they're going to put this list on a board. And, and may I now act it out? I know we're not a visual medium, really, but we kind of are. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take two steps back, and I'm going to look at the board. And I'm probably going to rub my chin. That means I'm serious. Hmm. I'm going to close my eyes for a second because I'm in deep thought. Hmm. Hmm. Then I'm going to open up my eyes. I'm going to go, Ozzy Albies? Anybody? Is there a reason? I'd like to think it's like quality control. It's like quality control. We had a plane just the other day. What happened to it? They lost a window. Never going to be good. A lot of people now, they want to give you $1,500 to make it right. Was it the Alaskan Airlines where the door kept coming off? Yeah, and I think there's door problems and window problems. It doesn't happen often, thank goodness. The point is there's a quality control person who now has to answer. Oh, did you inspect this plane? How'd this happen, Jim? Who's at the MLB network doing quality control? I you, have no you look, idea, but you, like you said, this is the second, second consecutive time. year that they forgot about Ozzy Albies. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know why. But he's not on the top ten. Nothing list. has happened to him this offseason that I have not been told. Uh, about, right? Not that I'm aware of. We are going down there the week of February the 19th. That's the first day that the full roster does work out. February the 14th is when the pitchers and catchers do report their first workout 
is February the 15th. My point is I, I've got a feeling that it will be business as usual for Ozzy Albies. If I look at that list and I start to figure out who's the most valuable based upon bang for your buck, dollar production, and if I do a ratio, I'm not telling you that's how you're supposed to judge the, the best second baseman. But that, even if you include it, you realize now that this guy's value is so much bigger than some of the names on that list. Value, pure value. Ozzy Albies is going to be tough to beat. So Mookie Betts is number one. Jose Altuve is number two. Marcus Simeon, Luis Arias, who, who I guess the Marlins are trying to trade right yeah. now. Kettle Marte, Matt McClain from the Reds. Andres Jimenez. All right, we've reached ridiculous territory. From the Indians. Eduardo Julian from the Twins. Zach Geloff from the A's. And Nico Horner from the Cubs. You mean to tell me all of these guys are better than Ozzy Albies? I don't mean to tell I you that. I think not. Whatever. They have the nerve. That's been up on the screen. It's been on the TV screen. It's on all, all the Twitter accounts. And it's the second time you've done this. We had Brian Kenny on. How do you? And Brian Kenny actually said, oh, 25 and 90. Yeah, he's done that. Yeah, he's done that. This guy has done nothing but deliver. He has. And he probably is one of the true leaders on this team. And that has to account for something as well. One would believe. Maybe we're too close to it. I don't think we are based on the various reactions around Major League Baseball and their fans to this list. With all due respect, I think if you went to the families of some of those guys, uh, I don't know, 6 through 10, and you said, let me ask you something. You root for a team? I'll give you your son or Ozzie Albies. I'm Sam Horner. I'm the father of Nico Horner. I think I'm taking Ozzie. I love my son and all. Yeah. But if I had to win a game, I'm taking Ozzie. There's no shame in that. No, none whatsoever. Why is Jerry Jones sticking with Mike McCarthy? His answer is next on Domino and Cellini, the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.